Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. It's kind of our main focus this morning. Several other verses we're going to look at. But this morning we want to look at the carol, O Come, All Ye Faithful. It's a great song. It's a great, when you hear the words, I think you're going to uh, realize it once again, kind of what it means. But I want to dig just a little bit deeper into just a little bit of a phrase that is said in this song, O Come, All Ye Faithful. Next week we're going to look at Away in a Manger, a uh, little uh, phrase that it says in there. But this carol that we're looking at this morning was written back in the 18th century. It was actually a hymn, actually written in Latin. It wasn't translated into English until 1841 by Frederick Oakley. So it has come over the seas and all those different things, but it's a great, great verse. But it simply says this. It says, O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. It says, O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. So as you read those things, when it says, O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord, it says, O come faithfully. It come joyfully. It says triumphantly. So look at what Luke says as we get started this morning. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. It says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. It says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. He says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, Christ the Lord. That right there is the good news. That right there is why we can be joyful, that we can be triumphant. That right there, I believe, is why this song, uh, O Come All Ye Faithful, was kind of given to us to remind us of how we can be faithful, joyful, and triumphant when we come to him. But why aren't we a lot of times? Why aren't we joyful and triumphant and faithful when in fact many times we in life feel just the opposite that a lot of times we do feel doubtful we do feel depressed we do feel defeated in life and we're anything but faithful joyful and triumphant i know some christians can be this way but it's not me we say Boy, I know somebody else, man, they're just always down in the dumps. They're just always negative Nelly. They're just always all those things. But boy, not me. I'm never that way. How many people felt a lack of faith at some point in our life or another? I think we all have. Maybe we have a, just not enough joy in our life. We don't understand why we're not more joyful. Or maybe we're not as triumphant as we should be in our life. And you know what I mean. Sometimes we get out and we're doing things and maybe we're Christmas shopping. If you like me, I always pick the long, wrong line to get into when you're checking out. Oh, they're all full. They all have all these things. And you're kind of watching this one over here and it's kind of moving pretty quick. So you kind of go over there and go, I got the right one here. Kind of snobby about it and get your stuff on the conveyor and they're ringing it up. The person ahead of you and all of a sudden you hear a price check, line five, and you... Oh, I'm line five. 
So we wait forever for the price check, and then as they're doing the price check, lady or person decides, well, I don't want this, this, or this, and they've already rang it up, so now they've got to take it off. And you're watching all these people on the other lines going on through. They're walking out the door, and you're just standing there going, why me? You know, you've all been there. Or maybe we just don't have that Disney magic in our life every day. And for some reason, it's just there. I want you to understand this morning. This song actually tells us, oh, come. It's calling us to come to Jesus joyfully and triumphantly. The good news is, it isn't Jesus who calls us to be down and out, to be doubtful, to be depressed, to be defeated. He's not the one that's doing that. That's the world. So let me ask you this question. Some things I want to look at this morning. Simply, who does Jesus call? Okay, who does Jesus call? I think sometimes we forget who it is Jesus calls. The first one is this. Jesus calls the weary and the burdened. Okay? Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me and I will give you peace, he says. But even at times in our life, and especially it seems like in the holiday season, in the Christmas season, we do anything but rest. We'll say we go to bed and we say we rest, but we're up and down and we're awake and all these different things. And sometimes it can be a significant factor in life, but not often. You know, because sometimes our body is just simply getting older as the days go on. We have had, we've had heartbreaks in our life. We've had sin in our life. And we just don't understand because there just can't be a cure where somebody says, okay, just cheer up and move on. It's not that easy a lot of times for people in life. You know, some people will say, no, you know, they know you're down and out and they're, you're kind of bummed out. And they'll just say, all you need to do is cheer up. And sometimes they'll say, just suck it up and move on. And I'll be truthful. Sometimes I tell myself that. You know, okay, Kurt, just suck it up, move on, it'll get better. And sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. But I want you to know, I want you to notice, Scripture doesn't say go to people. It doesn't say go to your friends. It doesn't say go to others. The Scripture says come to who? It says come to me. Jesus says, come to me. It is Jesus who is calling those who are weary, those who are burdened in life. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. And the second one is this. Jesus calls sinners. This is what Matthew 12, 9, 12, and 13 says. It says, on hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Here's the thing. We could almost rewrite this song and say, Oh, come, all ye sinners, ye weary and burdened, come to Bethlehem. And that would probably hit a lot of the people in the world today, not only in the world, but also in our churches. Because here it is. Here's the good news about this. It says, Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Here's the good news. Jesus 
doesn't live in Bethlehem anymore. He was born there, and we recognize that he, yes, is there in spirit, but he's here with us today. He's in our life right here today with us. He lives in us. And we have tried everything else a lot of times. And when we realize this, we're in this state of weariness and we have these burdens. We live in this life of sin. And we realize finally it's not the world that's going to help us. It's not anything else in this world that's going to help us. But it's Jesus is who we truly need. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone be in Christ... Catch this. The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. The old part is done. It's over. We can leave it. We can walk away from it because the new has come, and that is because we are in Jesus. And I want you to understand that when we come to Jesus weary and burdened, even as sinners, when we come to Jesus, he doesn't leave us there. Okay? He doesn't leave us in that state if we truly come to him joyfully and triumphantly. We will leave differently. So what does Jesus help us to become? We understand he calls us who are weary and burdened. He calls us we who are sinners. He calls us into his presence and he changes us. What does he help us become? Number one, Jesus helps us become more faithful. More faithful. Hebrews 12, 2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Something that's ongoing. It's something that we do every day. So our faith comes from the one who authors it, Jesus. He just doesn't give it to us. Understand that. Jesus just doesn't give us this faith that we're talking about. He goes about perfecting it each and every day. But how? How does Jesus perfect this faith? You know, sometimes it's through hard times that we get stronger through these things. It's through those times where we need that comfort and we grow stronger through it. But how does he do it? Romans ten seventeen has a great answer. So faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. So let me ask you this this morning. What is it we're hearing this morning? What is it we're listening to? Who is it we're listening to? Are we listening to friends that are in this world? Are we listening to family who is in this world? Are we listening to Dr. Phil? Are we listening to the news? And we're buying in to all the garbage we see and hear on TV. But the scripture says, the message through the word of Christ Understand this. Hearing God's word, it builds our faith. Hearing God's message builds us up. There's a phrase that says, if he brings you to it, he will see you through it. Have you ever heard that? If Jesus brings you to it, he will see you through it. It's actually kind of has a scriptural base to it, if you want to believe that. It's what we read earlier. Listen to what it says in Isaiah 43. It says, when you pass through the waters, in other words, he's brought you to the waters. Now he says, if you pass through the waters, I will be with you, he says. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, 
you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, catch this, your Savior. No matter what it is in life, no matter what it is we're struggling with, no matter what it is we're doubting, no matter what it is we're worried about, no matter what it is we're burdened with, if Jesus brings you to it, he's going to see you through it. I don't care how big the river is. I don't care how fast it's running. I don't care how big the fire is. It's not going to sweep you. It's not going to burn you. It's not going to get you. Why? Because he is our Savior and Lord. Understand, we can come to him joyfully and triumphantly. Second is this. Jesus helps us become more joyful. It's simple. Joy is actually talked about as a fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those things. Understand what joy really is. Joy is not what happens in the world. Joy is not what happens when somebody tells you they don't like your hair or your dress or what you're wearing. That's not the joy we're talking about. Joy is the fruit of a right relationship with God. That's the joy we're talking about. It is nothing that we can produce on our own. It is nothing somebody should be able to take away from us. It is not something people can create by their own efforts. So joy Grab onto this. It's a right relationship with God. It is God-produced joy. And when we have this and we understand this God-produced joy, just like everything else God created, when God created an apple tree, what do you get from an apple tree? Apples. You get... Thank you. Try this one. If you have a peach tree, what do you get? If you said apples, just, mm. Will you ever get peaches from an apple tree? No. You might get a little bit of something different, but it won't be a true apple. Same with this, folks. Apples will never bear a peach and vice versa. The only true joy that we're going to have, and when we truly understand it, is the joy that God creates in us. That's how we come to him joyfully and triumphantly, when we come to him faithfully. The third one is this. Happiness depends, I'm sorry, another part of this is happiness depends on happenings, but joy depends on Jesus. The text we read today. And Luke 2, 10, 11 says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Why? Why is it going to cause great joy for all the people? Well, he tells us in verse 11, Because today, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. But catch what it says. Been born to you and you and you and you, and you, every one of us. This joy has been born to us, and it causes us great joy. And Jesus can help us be more faithful. He can help us be more joyful. And it's all because of who Jesus is. The third thing I want you to see this morning is this. Jesus helps us become more triumphant. More triumphant. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 says this. So for to us a child is born, 
To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Folks, it helps to know who has your back. If we're going to be triumphant, if we're going to have these victories in our life, if we're not going to have these burdens and this weariness, but we're going to be triumphant, it helps to know who has our back. Because when we don't, I guarantee you, we'll feel defeated. Sandra and I was going to Lafayette with Caitlin and Natty. That's been a couple of weeks ago. And we're coming up 231, and that first stoplight south of McCutcheon High School, right on 231, four-lane road, not the best place to have to get up and help somebody, but this young girl broke down right there. So Caitlin just simply asked, I was running in the back seat with Addie. She goes, Dad, do you want to see if they need help? I said, yeah, we better. So she pulls off the side of the road. I jump out. I check for traffic first. And I go over there, and the guy, guy says, can you help us? I said, yeah, you just want to push it off the road and get it out of the way. Great idea. Again, this is a four-lane road, so we got two lanes, so I look, and there's a truck sitting back here with a young guy in it. He's not getting out to help, but whatever. I go up to him. I said, would you stay right here, block this lane for us, put your flashers on until we get this car pushed off the side of the road? His response was, oh, yes, sir. No problem, sir. Uh, that's impressive, okay? So me and the other guy push this girl off the side of the road, we get traffic going again. I get back in the car, and I'm kind of thinking about this. Why so respectful? I look down, and I have my pullover that says Indiana State Police on it. <laughs> so I text my brother. I said, you want la, 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 la. He goes, yep, instant respect. I thought it would probably been better if I'd had my gun on. He could have saw my holster a little bit, you know, when I'd been over to help push the car, but it didn't make any difference. It helps to know who has your back, doesn't it? You know, and in that sense, I had the right shirt on. The guy thought I was a state trooper. You know, all this stuff, whatever. But I thought it was, it was great. My point is this. When we truly realize who has our back, when we truly realize who does, and we realize it's the living God, that changes everything. Doesn't it? doesn't make a difference what we're going through. doesn't make a difference what we're struggling with. doesn't make a difference how down we are or maybe how burdened we feel. When God has our back, it changes everything. You see, we have to understand who it is who fights for us. I love what the scripture says, what we read in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. He says, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. He's established it. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing, upholding it with his justice. I will take God's justice any day over the world that it wants to offer Folks, that right there, God being in control, just not of our life, just not of our church, just not of what's going on in the world, but God being in control is triumphant talking right there. 
You see, in our text, Scripture is prophesying about a young baby. A young baby in a manger. We're going to talk about that next week. This young baby that's in the manger, you can see it on the communion table. We have it in our homes. We see it in public a lot of times, although not as much. But please understand this Christmas season. Even as the infant baby rests in the manger, he is still the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Nothing comes into existence except through him. He is the chosen one to save us. He is the author, perfecter of our faith. He is the prince of peace. He is the bread of life. He is the light of the world, the savior and the lifter of our head. He is born the king of the angels and we come before him and adore him. Why? Because he is Christ the Lord. See, we have to understand it is this baby Jesus that we're celebrating on Christmas season who has come into this world and he fights for us. Today, may we hear for the first time the truth that is ringing through the ages. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant. Not because of what we do, not because of what I say from this platform, but because of who God is in our life. Because that's the greatest gift God has given to us. The gift of a Savior. A gift of a Son that He sent to this earth to be born in a manger, to be raised on this earth, to die for my sins and to die for your sins.